0: Hey there, welcome to another edition of On Mic with Jordan Rich. I am so happy to be here with you. As we record this, it's just about Thanksgiving, and an odd Thanksgiving it is with COVID-19, but wishing you and your families the very, very best. Stay safe. Today's guest is an old radio friend of mine who's been active on the scene as a broadcaster, a voice actor, a great impressionist, and a writer. His name is Gary Levitt and he's famous for impressions of local sports personalities here in the Boston market, and he has hundreds of other celebrities circling around in that brain of his. Gary joins us today to talk about his new project. He wrote a children's book called Charlie Horse and is pitching the animated series As We Speak. This is a kid's book with a positive, inspiring message, and we'll certainly talk about that. My first request for him will be to catch me up on all of his creative pursuits as we welcome Gary Levitt to join us on Mike.
1: Well, uh, a couple things, Jordan, uh, and thanks, folks. What I'd like to do first, though, is promote Jordan, because as far as voiceover guys here in New England, he's number one. No one does it as well <laughs> as Jordan Rich. <laughs> You're very good. No kind. doubt about that. All these years, I enjoy hearing your voice. I wish I could have that type of voice, but I don't. So I'll have to go after the second and third people. First.
0: Uh, you've got other talents we'll get into in a minute, but what have you been up to, Gary?
1: Well, we have a children's book called Charlie Horse. Charlie Horse is basically an anti-bullying book. It's all about teamwork, it's about wisdom, bravery, it's compassion. But on top of all that, Jordan, Charlie Horse is a disabled horse who actually injured one of his legs while saving a baby bear from a forest fire. And the story will continue on where at the end of book number one, Charlie will befriend or see his friend again from early on. And this time, which the bear is full grown, becomes a grizzly bear massive proportions, his name is Gary the Grizzly, and he will come back and actually save – Charlie from a situation that well,
0: he gets into later on. Yeah, G- let's see, Gary, where did that name come from? Gary the Grizzly. Let me see. I'm trying to put it all together.
1: <laughs> well, I, I was thinking that it was going to be Jordan the Grizzly
0: or, or Jordan the Jackal. No, I'm not kidding. Jordan the Jackass, Jordan the Jackal. Yeah, right. No, exactly. It's I didn't a... see that. But uh, now, was this, this, this was a book, an idea that you had first as a children's book or what?
1: Yeah, so basically, children's book, anti-bullying, when I grew up in the city of Peabody and Higgins Junior High, which there are no junior highs, I don't think anymore, they're all middle schools, but Mm -hmm. the junior high, they used to have the uh, special needs kids come into the gym classes, and I befriended so many of them, and there were many instances that the bullies there at Higgins Junior High would pick on the special needs kids, and I get in there and I did all I could to stick up for them, I took some lickings here and there, most of the time I won, but Even when I lost Jordan, I didn't feel bad that I lost. I felt good because I went in and I stuck up for someone that couldn't stick up for themselves. So Charlie Horse is inspired by boys out there or sticking up for the the ones that couldn't Mm -hmm. stick up for themselves. But in addition to that, I said right now, and this is way before what we've had over the past few years in the United States, that it's a very divisive time. And I was thinking of something that could unify people. I was thinking of something that could be inspirational, a character. And if you think about this, Jordan, you go back to the beginning of animation, cartoons and such, there isn't really one character to me that inspires others. I mean, there's funny cartoon characters. Bugs Bunny is probably the most iconic cartoon character of all time, but I wouldn't say he's an inspiration to any. And other ones that have come along, you know, that have provided laughs and such, but never, again, someone that people could admire and say, hey, this is is a great character. This is a character that others should try to emulate. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to do with Charlie Horse. Again, he's disabled. He's compassionate. He has all kinds of wisdom. He's brave. He's a unifier. And that's where the teamwork comes in. And Mm -hmm. the sub-theme or title for the book, Charlie Horse, is called Friends for Life, and that's the name of the theme song for Charlie Horse. And in addition to that, my daughter Renee is the person that sang that song. She's the co-writer of that song, and she plays Sheena, the Shetland Pony, who's the female equal to Charlie.
0: That's a very menschy thing for you to do, by the way, to stick up for kids in school and also to carry it through as, as an adult. Did you yourself have any issues that they picked on you for because you're Kind of the class clown, I would think. Uh, I wondered if you had, had any particular issues of your own.
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Jordan. Me, myself, I didn't get bullied, and there was a big reason why I didn't get bullied. It wasn't like I was the toughest guy in the room or the biggest or the strongest. I, I could hold my own against anybody, regardless. When we moved from Portland, Maine to Peabody, yeah, they, they pretty much checked you out and wanted to see if you were a tough guy or not, and I always got in there. Took my licks and sometimes I gave licks, but I never started a fight. But for the most part, being bullied it didn't happen a whole lot. And here's the two big reasons why: Larry and Kyle, two two of my older brothers, and they were they were big tough guys. So
0: <laughs> <It's> having <good. laughs> older brothers
2: in <laughs> the same school.
0: From getting on. Well, it's, it's interesting because I remember my school days, and I, I used humor back then. I'm about the same size I was then, and uh, I really didn't have many issues to begin with, but I found humor was a great elixir and a great tonic to get out of any situation. And you've made your career on the air and in clubs as a comedian, a stand-up. You've done impressions. You've jocked. You've done it all. Uh, humor is a great defense when nothing else works. <laughs>
1: I I agree with you 100%, 100%, because if you can't win the fight, then you try to avoid the fight. Humor might be the way to do it.
0: I want to talk with you about the process of pitching animation, because this podcast is about the art and the creativity and the business end of things, as well as anything else. But let's go back to Gary Levitt for a second, and then we'll get to that, and we'll play the samples. Most people who remember the heydays on um, Kurt Gowdy's radio station primarily Remember, you were a very, very fine and still are Impressionist, and you did a lot of local impressions. One that pops out to me, of course, is Johnny Most. You ruled a roost as the famous uh, Celtics announcer. Tell us a little bit about your association with that impression.
1: Well, this is Johnny Most. I am, of course, fine here at the Boston Garden. up <laughs> with my good friend, Jordan Rich, and he is unbelievable.
0: That is dead on, by the way, and for those who knew Johnny, it's more than just what he said. It's how he said it. It's that gravel and a certain... You get the gravel immediately. It's an incredible impression.
1: Yeah, and, and with the Johnny most, they had many, many Johnny most sound-alike contests, as you know, Jordan, back in the day. And yeah, I won several of them. And, you know, I guess out of all the Johnny most sound-alike contests that I won, the most memorable, with the, for three reasons. Number one, my dad actually wrote my material, which was about... Boston Celtic villains. That was number one. Number two was the guy that was the MC for that show was the one and only Tommy Heinsohn.
0: Whom we just lost, by the way, literally, as we record this a couple of days ago. Yeah.
1: Yep. And then lastly, after the contest was over, Johnny Most himself came up to me and he asked me if he could have a copy of the poem that my dad had written. And of course, I had voice. In fact, I'm not afraid to say it is that my best material was written by my dad.
0: A tribute to a a creative fellow who obviously gave birth to a creative fellow, and probably your brothers as well. But What were some of the other famous folk you did and and were in your toolkit back then that you really enjoyed mimicking?
1: Well, it's, it's funny. The most popular character on the old WCGY Kurt Gowdy days was when I was impersonating former Boston Red Sox manager Joe Morgan. Who they called the skipper. And it was easily the most popular. We pulled pranks on Red Sox players. We had Joe Morgan doing plow reports. <laughs> right they had come up right after a traffic report. Not traffic reporters, the, the late Joe Stapleton. I'm sure you remember him. Oh,
0: I, I loved him, yeah.
1: And he would go along with it. And what, I have to tell you this, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. But during the traffic, uh, I'm sorry, during the plow reports, you'd have. Joe Morgan showing up in like Pittsburgh one moment, Stoneham the next, and then in Plymouth the following moment. So every 15 minutes there was a plow report because it was a heavy, heavy snowstorm. And Joe Stapleton on the last plow report from Plymouth Rock, we said that he said this is what Joe Stapleton had said after the fact because there's an abnormal amount of traffic down in Plymouth today, right around Plymouth Rock. Some guy driving a plow wearing a Red Sox hat who just accidentally plowed. Plymouth
0: Rocking. <laughs> <laughs> By way of explanation for those listening in Thailand and other parts of the world to this podcast, which, of course, they, they go global these days, Joe Morgan and the Boston Red Sox, you may note from uh, Gary's wonderful regional accent that he's from here. I'm from here, too, but I work hard at trying to avoid the the accent. But the point is, Joe Morgan is so New England. Give us a little taste of what he sounded like, if you recall.
1: I sure will. This is uh, Joe Morgan during the seventh-inning stretch at Fenway Park. Yeah, I'll tell you what I do so I don't get bored during the seventh-inning stretch at Fenway Park. (laughs) I just whip out my slinky. You remember the slinky, don't you, Jordan, the toy? (laughs) And I I play with it on the dugout steps. A slinky, a slinky, a wonderful gift for a boy. A slinky, (laughs) a slinky. I think Jordan Richards
0: uses that toy. Oh, that's brilliant. Just Again, I say that knowing it so well, and I met Joe, and I was a fan, of course, and I used to listen to you, and you absolutely nailed it. It's it's an interesting thing being from this part of the world, the Boston area, New England. We have our own way of, obviously speaking, and our own dialects and characters that are very difficult for others outside the area to emulate, wouldn't you say?
1: I I'd say so. It's funny. And, and this is true story here, Jordan. One of the fictional characters that I did on CGY that I'm currently doing for another station here in Boston today, I didn't know whether I could mention the call letters or not. Oh,
0: by all means, who who cares? Sure.
1: Okay, so it's, it's WMEX, which is 1510. It's the oldie station. But right. I thought to bring in some of the older characters that were successful as far as the fictional ones, I mean, obviously, the celebrity voices I bring in from time to time, and Unless you're really gullible, you know it's just an impersonation. However, with the fictional characters, like one that was called Louie from East Boston, this is a character that hung out at Kelly's Roast Beef. He had his big black caddy with the trunk open, selling anything from 8-track tapes to anything else that you'd <laughs> want, of course, on the black market. But Louis from East Boston voice, believe it or not, it was very similar and not copying Tony Soprano. In fact, the Sopranos came out after we from East Boston ah. had made his debut on WCGY. But that voice was something like this. How you doing, Jordan? It's, uh, it's uh, Louis from East Boston. And uh, I'll tell you what. What what we're going to do here is this, this particular day, we're going to call up the Mercedes-Benz dealership down there. I think they're in Virginia. And I'm going to pretend that I'm Whitey Bulger. And believe it or not, I'm gonna get away with it. So that was Louis from East Boston. <laughs> yeah, you and know. Believe it or not, Jordan. Yeah. On, on that, we did call the Mercedes-Benz corporate headquarters back in the day, and I had some salesperson or customer service person get on the line, and Louis from East Boston, in order, said, "I want to know how big. Uh, I want to know how big the trunk is." And the guy goes, the trunk? Yeah, the trunk. I want to know how big it is.
2: <laughs> and he says,
1: well, I'm not quite sure. I mean, well, let me ask you a question. If you don't know how big it is, do you think I can fit three or four bodies in the back of the trunk there? And the guy, <laughs> it's like, it was hilarious because then I asked him whether it became in bulletproof windows. And
0: oh, yeah. Love
1: yeah. compartment, and, you know, to, to be able to carry a gun. And, and last but not least, I said to him, I says, well, maybe you heard of me. My name is, uh, my name is Whitey Bulger. And, of course... The guy goes, no, I never heard of you. And then I said, well, you will soon, pal. You will soon. And, of course, <laughs> truth be told, Whitey Bulgey goes on the lamb and everybody's looking for him.
0: Including the guy down at the dealership. He's over his shoulder. He's looking every day. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. uh, uh, what's What's interesting about this is having grown up here and worked in this market, continuously. I'm very lucky. And you realize that we love to laugh at ourselves, I think, as much as anybody, but perhaps even more so. We in New England uh, love the range of voices and dialects and characters that are out there and that's I think what makes the Boston comedy scene so so strong from the Steve Sweeney's and the Lenny Clacks to all the other guys who have come out so uh, you're you're part of that wonderful tradition I think of uh, of characters guys who can bring these characters to light so good for you do you miss radio Uh, well you're doing radio now on on AM 1510 but do you miss the daily grind of uh, getting up at three in the morning
1: Actually, I would love to be Monday through Friday again. I'm hoping that what we have does go at a larger level. There's no doubt about that. I look at my radio career in a couple different ways. Number one, I was in for a while. Then I was out for a long while. And then I had the opportunity to get back in. And getting back in, I wanted to see how it would be with me being at the head of the show as opposed to being the sidekick or the third wheel. It's a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. I learned a lot from the great Mike Moran when I worked with Mike. I learned from Joe Martell, another great Boston disc jockey, as well as Pat Whitley. I worked with Pat Whitley and Marjorie Claproot back in the day. You pick up a little bit from all these different people, and you try to figure out what's best when you bring your stuff to the table. Obviously, I have to offer my own personality. Could I do the Monday through Friday grind if it was the right situation? and I had the right people around me because you're only as good as the people that bring something to the table, whether it's the same thing as you or not the same thing as you. You're only as good as what that team can be. If you think you can do it on your own, you're mistaken. And if you yeah. can surround yourself with a good producer, a good sidekick, a good third wheel, or whatever it might take. And right now we've got a pretty good teamwork thing going at MEX.
0: Yeah. And it's also important, critical for anybody out there listening to know who your audience is and what they expect and what they look for and to respect your audience, which is what guys like you have always done. You know, you've you've not gone outside of the region to be funny. You've stayed here in terms of your mindset. And as a result, it's been a, a great success story. So congratulations. Let's talk a little bit more now about Charlie Horse. It's an animation project. How are you doing this in terms of pitching? Where do you pitch a project like this?
1: Um, that, that's funny you mentioned that. It's what I've tried to do is LinkedIn has been a, a decent ally of mine. I talk to people that are in the industry. I make lots of calls, emails. It's nonstop. I think I've got to form a form of cobble tunnel syndrome by being on my phone all day long. And you basically, we came up with the concept, concept, I'm sorry, again, for this anti-bullying book. And I always knew in the back of my head that I wanted it to be a TV show. And who would be the viable outlets for that? What would be the network? Well, PBS comes to mind right away. There's no doubt about that. Nickelodeon comes to mind. There's Sprout, there's Disney. All of them are at the forefront. But now I understand from my past conversations over the past few weeks, I've talked with people that have mentioned that Nick not Nickelodeon, I'm sorry, Netflix is actually looking for children's animation content. So my hopes are we put it out there, you send out this sizzle reel is what they want to see. They want to see the Bible, and it's not the Bible for people that are not familiar with the entertainment <laughs> the right, world. Right. It's just basically, bit by bit, how the characters are going to be developed. What are you looking at as far as story number one, story number two, or episode one, two, three? And you hope that you get to talk to the decision makers. But, Jordan, you know this, as well as anybody that's been in the entertainment world forever. It's not always how good the product is or how good the service is. It's more along the lines of who do you know Mm. or who do you know that knows someone? And that's unfortunate because sometimes the best don't get there. And the ones that aren't so great do get there and vice
0: versa. The one one saving grace about timing, Gary, is that right now, and I've been reading a lot about this, the amount of animation production is up because of the COVID-19 deal. And I think a lot of people are producing and looking for product and content because it's a lot cheaper and safer to produce something that's animated. And uh, there is a huge audience for it. So, We want you to strike while the iron is continuing to be hot. I know you've been working at this for a while. Speaking of this, let's play the song right now that your daughter wrote and performs. Is that right?
1: That is correct. Renee Levitt singing "Friends for Life." Hi, my name is Charlie. Isn't Charlie Horse? And we are friends for life
2: start my Back on track when you're out of line. When you're out of line, make you laugh or let you cry, 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 friends for life.
0: Well, that's a delightful song, and your daughter is very talented. And uh, you mentioned your dad. It seems to flow from one generation to the next. The Levitts are getting it done.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. I always said that the four Levitt brothers, even with all the professional writing that we've done, we could not equate to what my dad did. But I think that my daughter Renee is on that level. Not quite yet, but she's
0: getting there. That's awesome. Congratulations. Before we tell people how they can find out more about the Charlie Horse Project and uh, find out more about you, we were chatting, of course, off air about uh, celebrity and about the fun we have with voices. This podcast is all about using my voice to uh, alert, entertain, educate, and uh, connect with people. But... There are many other celebrities that are in the uh, talent pool of one Gary Levitt. you want to share a couple with us?
1: Yep. I'd I'd say my count is at. this is what I was told by my daughter and my son, about 6,666. So, good. There's four sixes there, not three. Oh,
0: that's good. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You'd have a
0: devil of a time.
1: We've got a little bit of a conversation with Morgan Freeman and Sean Connery. How's that?
0: Oh, that would be lovely. I'd love to hear that.
1: All right. Here we go. My name is Morgan Freeman. My friend, Sean Connery, just passed away. Sean, I know we can communicate at some level, so could you give me a sign? yes, this is Sean Connery, and I'll tell you what. I'm up here in heaven now with the other double-o shoving, which, of course, is Roger Moore. James Bond, that's James Bond to you. Oh, yes, not as good as I was, though,
0: that's for sure. <laughs> your Morgan Freeman, by the way, was scary. I was so good. And uh, I love the Connery man. That's so great. Yeah, the, his sound that uh, has been replicated on Saturday Night Live. It's just so beautifully Scottish and so real. I love it. Absolutely love it. You're you're still at the top of your game. 6,666, huh?
1: That's what uh, my daughter and yeah. son said. Now, I don't know whether that's an official count, but... It is well into the thousands, and the reason why is we don't count them. It's like if you gave me a voice that you wanted me to have, if I didn't have it presently, there's a good chance within five minutes that I can have it down to where you say, yeah, that's not bad. You, you, have yeah. an excellent, that more natural. you
0: have an excellent ear. Are you also, uh, we should ask this question earlier, a musician?
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned that. There's Mark Baxter, who's a great vocal teacher from Boston, who has worked with Steven Tyler and some of the main mm-hmm.
0: famous names
1: in rock and roll and music in general. And I asked him, because he's going to be one of our guests in future weeks on the radio show, and I said, look, I do all these voices, but I can't stay in key. He says, well, there's where you're wrong. He says, become a singer, and then add the voice into it. He says, don't think that you're John Lennon, and then do the singing. Actually sing, get in key, and then Uh. do the John Lennon
0: You must know Joey Noon, right? you know Joey? Joey Voices? Joey's
1: a very good voice
0: guy. And he's more of a singer-impressionist. I mean, he does so many singing impressions, and it blows my mind, because he's also a a natural good singer, so that makes sense. But your voices are are as crisp and sharp and clever as ever. I'm really, really happy for you. Now, let's tell people, uh, Gary, how they can find out more and hopefully support the Charlie Horse Project. What's the best way for folks to do that?
1: Excellent. They can go online. It's dot org. And if they just want to follow the Charlie Horse Facebook page, they can do that, too. It's Charlie Horse. Uh, it's Charlie Horse, not horse. <laughs> 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 There's that
0: Boston accent. Oh, I, it's, it it's, you're about. it's absolutely delightful. Don't ever change. Uh, by the way, one more question. I, we it earlier we mentioned WCGY, which years ago uh, was owned by Kurt Gowdy. It's now W, I think it's WEI on the dial in Boston. It the sports is 7. It's amazing, huh? But we can't just mention Kurt Gowdy without asking you if you had much of a uh, connection with him when he was the owner. What was he like?
1: Well, Kurt Gowdy, he wasn't in the building often. However, he was in there enough that you'd get to say hi to him and I can remember the one day that I first met him, I was doing the Johnny Moss voice and we went back and forth and it was a pretty funny exchange, we did that on mm-hmm. the radio.
0: Yeah, I met him once and uh, he needed a studio, it was some luncheon he was attending and he needed to file a report, one of his sports reports with ABC or whomever, and uh, uh, we let him borrow our studio, which was an honor, and he walks in with a big cigar. And sits down in front of the mic, no notes, no script, and bangs out two or three 30- or 60-second reports like clockwork. Unbelievable. And uh, a professional's professional, no question about that. He
1: was so knowledgeable. He's like an encyclopedia when it came to sports, but he had that voice. And and you can't forget, so hopefully we can put the sound effect in for the— for the Narragansett Bear when it opens up the, the can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we sign off, and again, CharlieHorse.org to find out about the, the book and the animation and all the projects that Gary's working on, uh, maybe a little uh, sign-off from Johnny Most would be really nice. Johnny Most, the legendary Celtics announcer for decades.
1: All right, sounds good. Here we go. Hi, this is Johnny Most. i above Bob here at the Boston Garden. And I'm here to tell you about the future of the Boston Celtics. This is what's going to happen next season. First of all, they're going to pull out of retirement Mo Cheeks. Then they're going to bring out of retirement Larry Bird. Two more moves out of retirement. One's going to be for Bill Curley, and the last for Detlef Shemp, which means you're going to have Mo, Larry, Curley, and Shemp on the Celtics.
0: (laughs) Outstanding, Gary. I thank you. I am so glad we connected. These uh, podcast opportunities for me are kind of personal. I love to just reconnect with old friends. You're a delight. Thank you so much, and God bless.
2: Excellent. Thank you, Jude,
1: and you're the best.
0: Hi, my name is Charlie, isn't Charlie Horse, and we are friends for life. Thanks again, Gary. A wonderful guy from a very talented family. I want to thank all of you for subscribing to this podcast, for downloading it, for telling your friends and and sending in those nice ratings and reviews. It means a lot. And we've got some outstanding programs coming up in the very near future. As always, thanks to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media for his wonderful technical support. I should also mention that I've updated my website, jordanrich.com, all kinds of good stuff about this podcast and more, including news about my new book, a memoir, My 50-Year Love Affair with Radio. Do check that out. Till next time, this is Jordan saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Take care.